0: hello and welcome to another live edition of the 40 athletes podcast i'm your co-host jason holzer along with my good buddy jimmy Huber.
1: how you doing jason that's going great man i look forward to today you're going to tell me i got something somebody exciting on that i usually don't like to talk about the new york yankees but i guess this is a good time to talk about them right
0: yeah i you know they they do have a culture of champions and they do mm. do things in a certain way that that's uh, sets them apart and, you know, actually, uh, our guest today actually wrote a book called uh, Habits of Champions, How No One Becomes a Champion by Accident. He was a director of strength and conditioning coach uh, for uh, for the 2009 World Series team. Uh, you know, he worked with guys like Mariano Rivera, Derek Jeter, A-Rod, you know. So um, it seems like he might have a little bit of an idea of how to uh, – the habits that build champions.
1: He worked with some pretty good players, I think, right? Some Hall of Famers. So let's uh, let's bring him on. Let's dive into his book and uh, really how to become a champion. Let's go. Let's go. Dana, how are you doing today, man?
2: Hey, guys, doing well. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you.
1: It's
0: an honor having you on today. You know, in your book, you talked about how a a champion never gets too high, never gets too low, but they stay pretty even keel. Uh, It sounds like to me you're talking about having like ultimate poise or excellence and staying poised, staying calm in all situations. So um how do you how do you get to a point where you can treat every moment as just is and never let your highs get too high and never let your lows get too low how do we start developing that skill
2: well the, you know the biggest thing i always say is you got to know the rules of the game that you play right every game every sport every day is going to have moments of, of failure and there's going to be moments of success so if you realize that you know what to expect going into every day so to get totally disheveled over something and then at the same time, to get totally off the charts, you know, thrilled over just basic day-to-day wins, you know, it throws you on, on an emotional roller coaster. So, you know, in sport, we always used to say, listen, when you win a championship, that's the great celebration. But when you win, you have the expectation of winning. So you did what you expected to do. And that's and that's really it. So it's, it's nothing, you know earth shattering right or mind blowing but it's it's just understanding what it is that you're doing and what it is that you're 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 going at every single day and and that's where I believe a lot of people get jammed up is the expectation is just to win all the time and in in baseball as an example that's like a hitter that says I'm gonna bat a thousand I'm gonna get a hit every time up and we don't teach players to get hits every time up we teach players to be competitive in everything that they do so as long as you're competitive you've put yourself in a position to be your best and when you take a competitive mindset with somebody that's prepared right they go through the day-to-day training um, they go through the day-to-day mental prep work and they have a commitment to be competitive over perfect now you have somebody that's set up to win
1: when you talk about, it, it's kind of a dangerous scenario when people really, they focus a lot on their outcomes to determine their happiness, right? Yep. And that's kind of dangerous to do. So how do you get athletes to realize that hey, you can't focus, these outcomes can't be like when you start to feel happy. How do you work with the athletes to get them to understand that that's not what you do?
2: Yeah, well, whenever you start saying, hey, my outcome will determine how I feel, you're gonna get in big trouble. Um, you know, luckily again, at the at the pro level, to get to that level, um you know guys have been through the ringer right they've been on that emotional uh journey for quite some time they failed quite a bit and they just they they know uh just how fine the line is between staying a pro and becoming an amateur again and they're not willing to get back to that to that amateur status um but when it comes to outcomes you can't control all your all of your outcomes you know you can prepare mentally physically you can go through the training you can study the opposition and you can play great and still lose so you have to always ask yourself hey did i do my best and that's that's what we have our our, questions our athletes say hey did i do my best and did i do everything that i could do to prepare to play like a champion today and if you did everything you can and you did your best there's nothing more you can do so there's no outcomes that are guaranteed either just because you trained well you prepared well and you did what you're supposed to do and that you played well there's still no guaranteed victory and that goes back to knowing the rules of the game in which you play and when you understand those rules you know that victory is not guaranteed so don't but expect
1: it to be that kind of flows us into the kind of a, like tip six you talk about three things and Mariana rivera when you th- talk about the sam man everybody's like that guy was automatic he stepped yep. on the mound. It was time to close it down. You had no chance, right? Yeah. But well, you talk about how he slowed things down and he focused on these three things because he talked about like, he, you know, he controlled his mindset, and his cut fastball. And he's like, everything, I can't control anything else. Everything else is just going to take care of itself. So how did Mariano do that? Especially with his mind? Cause the mind is so hard to kind of direct and control for people. what did you see that he did and how did you work with him to help him in that
2: area? you know one thing that he would always say is that I pitch to contact meaning you know I have these players behind me and they are they are there for a reason that ball is meant to be put in play so right there just like I said you can't try to get a hit every time he doesn't try to strike anyone out he's actually trying to just make a pitch and if they hit it it's going to go to somebody so that's the belief that he has and and you know a convicted guy but those three things that you mentioned right it's slow everything down quiet the noise and throw one pitch at a time so years ago i had a conversation with him at his house we were in the basement stretching in the winter and i asked him how do you do it how do you get it done in the big situations and he says listen i do three things I quiet the noise i slow everything down and i throw one pitch at a time and i had asked him i said well what about the big moments like the world series and he said listen buddy there are no big moments we determine what's a big moment but every moment is the same so when you have that approach and that mentality you know this like it nothing's a big moment so nothing will get you that excited and that uh, over anxious so you stay within within yourself but the only way to train it is to do it
1: so, well, that goes that goes back to what you say too. Though, like one pitch at a time, we talk to athletes all the time. Play present, the present moment. This is all you can control. You can't do yeah. anything about the past. You can't. You can't drug. You can't change what what took place, and you can't like control the future. But you can control what you're thinking, what you're doing in this moment, right?
2: Yeah, and and I think what happens is a lot of athletes. What they do is they once emotion gets involved, they're dead. And I believe that's either positive, like over anxious emotion, where I'm excited for this moment, or oh my gosh, I don't know if I could succeed in this moment because I think both are bad situations to be in. But I do believe that the that that the great players they embrace all moments, but they also have a deep conviction that says, "Hey, I'm going to be competitive, and therefore I'm going to give my best, and therefore I'm going to succeed." With a greater frequency than I'm going to fail, and and it's not trying not to fail because failure and success travel together, but it's 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 all in in the approach, and and I find that to be really where where many struggle. Right, we get too far ahead, and we say, well, if I don't do this, or if I don't succeed in this moment, then I'll be uh, benched, or. The coach will think i'm not a good player or my teammates won't be able to rely on me again or you know there goes my scholarship and and all of that is hinged on just what is a moment in sport which is just a moment in time so when we start to attach so much to an outcome and our whole future rides on this moment we're done
0: and Danny kind of goes, and part of your book talk about too, like you know, preparing to fail is uh, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. So, how does preparation help us get into this, you know, even keel state and allow us to maybe prepare for maybe those high and low emotions where we can stay in a spot of presence where we don't allow these emotions to overtake us, positive or negative? What yeah. role does preparation play in helping us in that?
2: I just always believe that preparation leads to belief and it leads to trust in self and that's that's it so when you prepare you're going to have a greater belief in yourself and a greater trust in yourself that you did your best for that moment that you find yourself in and you know i again i've seen it for years the athletes that prepare have a different level of confidence than those that just wing it you know just winging it it always makes you feel like an uphill climb like it's an uphill battle and that you're never like on top of the situation and there's a high level of vulnerability that presents itself when you don't prepare and that's when the self-questions start did i you know can i can i do this and there's this there's always that little glitch or there's that hesitation and it puts the athlete in a very dangerous place which is you know there's a lot of talk today about the word vulnerability and i I believe that vulnerability is dangerous in sport you don't need to be vulnerable in sport right because vulnerability for me is directly related to a lack of preparation so you need to be prepared so that you can be convicted and when you have preparation and conviction you have belief and you have that trust component and then you just have to go play years ago i was working with roger clements and he told me said d in between starts what i do is he goes i make sure i get my physical training in i make sure i study the opposition that i'm going to be facing in my next start i make sure that i have a great bullpen i make sure that i get all of my running in and the last thing i have to do is just go out there and pitch he says but if i didn't do those other things and I brought all of those other things that I, yeah, the mentality, of like, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't do this. I didn't do that to my next start. I'm dead. There's no way I could pitch effectively. But so, I, I
1: think that goes back to what you say, though, like Roger Clemens, all these individuals that prepare and then maybe they're not fearful going out and doing it because they know they did. But a lot of people, like you talking, like tip eight, you mentioned in your book, you said find the bully and knock him out. Yeah. And sometimes that bully is that fear. Yeah. And sometimes to me, people are fearful to just take action, to go train because they're afraid that they can't succeed. They're afraid that they're going to get rejected afraid whatever it is. So they never do it. Yeah. So when you talk and you also talk about, you say that emotion is just a thought, right?
2: So it's how a, do it's thought we give energy to really, it's just yeah, a thought so we give energy talk, to
1: how do we deal with like these, these fears that we have that are within us, that that entrap us and don't allow us to break through how do we go face that bull and knock them out
2: yeah well you know it's an interesting question because what I believe is that that we think we're all very unique but that is also a source of of I believe challenge because we we all like we all face um problems right we all face these emotions right no matter what somebody's exterior looks like there's still some battle that goes on. There's always a battle. And you know, you see a player like a Derek Jeter, and you're like, doesn't have any battles. Mariano Rivera doesn't have any battles. You know, uh, Kobe Bryant didn't have any battles. And that's 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 not true. So when we start to see ourselves as unique, as like, hey, I'm the only one that's dealing with this, I'm the only one that has this problem. We start to hyper focus on ourselves and then everything becomes over magnetized and we become very overstimulated and we start to internalize and we become very nervous and then we start to again lose the trust trust lose the faith lose the belief in ourselves. and when you put all that together you get a very vulnerable athlete that has no confidence in in their self and in their abilities and that is the ultimate danger for an athlete and anybody else So, you know, in my book, when I talk about the bully, you know, the bully is fear. So I say knock it out by going after it, right? So you're whatever you're afraid of, you have to go out. And sometimes, you know, there's a mental component where you have to sort of unwind the string a bit and say, why do I feel this way? You know, why am I nervous going into this performance? And what I I see it even with I work with a lot of executives too why are you nervous about this and they're afraid of of losing it all whatever it all is they're afraid of exposure they're afraid of of how other people are going to perceive them or look at them and and that is what is driving their actions that's driving their whole existence and they're never able to fully thrive because of it and that's a shame
1: well how, well, how would you, you let me let me ask this real quick, Jason, like you work for Joe Torrey and Joe Torrey, great manager, had tremendous success. But you talk about the Tory rule, the rules that he has people first. So my question would be for you is like when we talk about the fear and and, you know, whether it's an athlete losing confidence or it's an executive having their you know people who work for them, maybe sells people, whatever. What can like you relate to maybe like Joe Torrey did that executives or coaches can do? To help their athletes or people who work for them to get confidence, to feel good about themselves, to feel part of a a team, and want to go out there and break through these fears and accomplish great success in their life.
2: I would say the biggest thing you have to do is address those fears. So uh, let me use Mariano as an example. It's a how, he's a household name, but you know, in, in 1998, he was taking over as as a closer, and he was so worried that he wasn't going to be able to get it done. But he was really worried that he was going to get sent down back to the minor leagues and he was freaking out so joe tory calls him in his office and says hey you're my guy you're not going anywhere you're here to stay and you imagine you're a nervous you're 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 nervous about going back down and and losing your job and all this and your manager tells you you're here to stay you're not going anywhere and he said in that moment i was able to finally take a deep breath and relax and actually do what it is that i was capable of doing and that's you know whether you're you're a manager of of you know in business or you're a manager of a sports team or you're a teacher whatever it is that you do i always find that it's you or you are a parent it's your job to let your people know that i got you it's going to be all right we're gonna work through this, whatever comes our way. But but you're my guy, and I believe in you, right? We don't hear that. People don't say that anymore. I be, I believe in you. What? I don't know the last time I heard that. I don't know about you guys, but I haven't heard that in a long time. But I tell you what, when you hear it, you take a step back and your your ears perk up, and you say, "Holy crap! Somebody believes in me. That's that's amazing."
0: yeah it's uh yeah you're right it's it's something that when you hear it it's like it, it makes you feel more confident just in yourself to know that somebody else truly believes in in what you can do and so you know the title of your books is habits of a champion like it doesn't come by accident so you have all these great things like preparation the tory rules all these kind of things how do we turn them into habits now because when you can make this autopilot that's when things start to really streamline and accelerate what am i am i right on that uh coach yeah yeah you
2: are you are and and what i say is just like sport right you have your daily fundamentals you have to have your daily fundamentals right so let's say you know if we're if we're i use baseball as an example because it's a sport that i'm familiar with you know every day you know you have to get you get your stretching in you play catch you take your infield outfield and you take batting practice and then you go play the game that's how it works those are your daily fundamentals you do them every single day right every day every day every day every day and it becomes a process of automation where it just becomes what you do and how you do it and you get to the point where you don't even think about it so what i say is everybody has to have their own fundamentals that sit in this bullseye picture this circle and you have your what i call your big three or big five these are the three to five things that you do every single day that keep you feeling good keep you feeling poised keep you feeling confident but they are structured actions that become habits that give you greater conviction and belief in what it is that you're setting out to do. So you have to know what they are and I can't tell you what they are because here's the thing, every one of us would have three to five different things in our bullseye. Like if I were to say, Jason, what does it take for you to feel great every day? You'd say, well, I have to do this, 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 and this. And if I were to say, James, how about you? What do you have to do today? And you'd say this, this and, this, and I would say the same. We'd be three people with three different bullseyes. So as coaches, right, as, if we're working with young people, we can have a more general bullseye, but then we have to help them start to create a more specific bullseye that has their three to five preparatory actions, preparatory behaviors that give them confidence and conviction in themselves and what it is that they set out to do.
1: But that's you. You talk about like some of the world top performers. They have routines and they're very simple. They're vanilla, and and they would be boring for most people. And I and I work with young athletes, and we'll be like in basketball terms, you know, working on shooting, breaking on shooting, and like what Steph Curry does to be a great shooter. And some of these individuals would be like, they want what's next. They want yeah. the next, like, hey, this high level type move that James Harden is doing is like, no, it's the basics, it's the fundamentals. You have to master them. You have to yeah. fall in love with being bored, man. But most kids can't do that. So what what is the way that you can, you find out to communicate to people in your life that like, oh, this is bored. Bore, you know, it's boring. I don't want to do this. What are messages that you give to them? Be like, hey, to motivate them. No, this is what needs to be done. And this is how you do it. And you do it on a daily basis.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I give them three words, right? Success is boring. So I've never worked with a high performer that isn't, boring and methodical in these monotonous routines like I've never seen it you know and I believe like when you talk about these fancy moves and all these other you know you know sports center moments that we see right those are born out of the fundamentals like most of that is not practiced behavior when you see a player that has that unbelievable shot he's not practicing that unbelievable shot but he's practicing the fundamentals and that shot comes out of the fundamentals because what do fundamentals do fundamentals lead to mastery movement mastery body control mastery ball handling mastery so when that moment comes and you have to react and do something dazzling because the moment calls for it it's not a practiced behavior in terms of the actual dazzling move it's the fundamentals that give birth to the ability to do that and when you understand that you don't have to do what's next because what's next does itself you just have to do the fundamentals so it is vanilla 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 simple 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 all the time and and I tell you what that's where most people get jammed up they can't do the same thing on monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday they'll do something a little different tuesday a little different thursday and a big part of the achievement and success and performance process is being able to do something every single day with the same enthusiasm that you had two years ago maybe three years ago maybe three days ago but you have to approach everything in terms of your fundamentals with enthusiasm and not be looking for what's next what's exciting what looks you know cool but be focused on those fundamentals because they will lead to all those other things
1: is that part of a lift up your left hand your left hand my left, left hand. hand left hand uh, coach you got to break you got a break where's your bra- you wear a bracelet oh, you left
2: know what, hand. I,
1: where's that I bracelet don't. you got a bracelet so that, doesn't notice they train to win or something
2: I well I have a I have a shirt on that says train like a pro.
1: I was watching something that you had and you said I wear a bracelet and it says train to win.
2: What, oh, is, you train, know,
1: what is train I, to win? I'm I'm
2: not I'm not wearing it. I, I have a few different ones that I that I usually wear. I have one that says champion, another one that says play like a champion, train to win, uh train like a pro. So I, I have a bunch of different ones. I'm not wearing anything now though.
1: <laughs> well you talk about the train to win, like you talk about you work with a lot of high-level executives that Accomplish a lot of things financially, but they lose their health, right? And all of a sudden later in life, they're trying to regain their health with their wealth. Right. What what do you talk to people about about like the consistency of what you do? But not only you might go after something, but is there a balance to be like, hey, you gotta take care of yourself? Cause you mentioned you said you got to be selfish to be selfless, right?
2: Yeah. I well again, um, Physical training is a part of the preparatory process in sport, in life, in business, right? Because, you know, the way I look at training is is the ultimate yield of training is confidence and energy. So if I'm more confident in myself than, than the next guy or gal, and I have more energy than the next guy or gal, I already have a competitive advantage. And by the way, we never talked about skill yet, right? energy and confidence and then you have skill and maybe you don't have the highest level of skill but you have enough skill to compete you're in a great position to win so that's what i talk about when i talk about working out and training your physicality that's what it's all about so like even for me you know i i this morning got up ran did my thing and i'm ready for my day nothing's going to surprise me today because i'm ready for it physically ready for it mentally ready for it you know when you train yes i said energy and i said confidence but when you train how do you feel about yourself as you're someone getting stronger more physically fit leaner investing in a good diet you are creating a positive yield in self confidence and energy self-confidence plus energy plus enough skill again You don't have to be the most talented but you have to have enough skill you're going to be in a great position versus the guy or gal that's super talented doesn't have a lot of energy and is a pretty insecure person that other guy or gal right that has the higher self-confidence the higher energy and moderate skill will beat that other that other talent
1: well you talk about the five drivers of performance right that you have Yeah, you listed out mindset, training, fueling, recovery and influence. And you have mindset listed at the top. And like it's about train the mind, the body will follow, right? Is mindset extremely important for you when you're working with clients and athletes? And if so, how do you go about like helping them train their mind for success?
2: Well, you know, it's it's interesting because I the way I actually train the mind very much so through physical. I believe after you work out the first question I ask is hey after you train how do you feel about yourself better or worse I feel better well what if we made your training a part of your day-to-day so right there you're feeling better about yourself and it affects the mindset so you know when it comes to training mindset there's a lot of um you know there's a lot of information out there but the mindset is 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 altered based on what it is that we put into our mind. So when you talk about training the mindset, it's understanding what's your day-to-day dialogue, what are your day-to-day inputs, and what else could we do to constantly create positive inputs that work alongside the neuroplasticity of the brain. So our brain molds to what it is that we feed it. So if somebody, uh, is saying hey i don't know if i'm ready i don't know if i'm good at this i always struggle with this i have trouble with that shot i don't know if i'm prepared what did you just train your mind to to do probably fail or probably let you down in a big moment so when it comes to mental training mental training is really just about inputs train your inputs get yourself thinking about the right inputs i ask people this hey tell me can you can you tell me five things you did great today and people tend to struggle. Where if I were to say, hey, you know what? Do me a favor, tell me 10 things you sucked at today. And they're like, bang, 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 bang. here's the 10 things I sucked at. But if you ask them five things they did well, especially high performers, their brain doesn't go to that. They're problem solving. They're seeing always a problem that they need to overcome and navigate. That creates negative input, believe it or not. So we have to create better inputs and a, a, a drill, a lesson. You know, have peop- your players, have your people write things out. Like, what are your inputs that you want to deliver to your mind every day? And write them out. Use and, and I'm very big on this, too. When I work on the mental side, you have to use your language. Like Jason, if I tell you, you know what you need to tell yourself this. That's not your language. That's not your words. That's not your tone. So you need to use your tone, your language, your sentence structure. And that becomes something you can own. So Almost
1: almost, though, Jason, go back to like the input. It's what you're saying, coach, it's what you input to yourself, what you're saying to yourself. And then also input from maybe watching TV or what you're listening to or whatever yeah. so being conscious of that as well and be like that's some negative news or information i'm listening to or i'm around these type of people that are saying these type of things that are negative i yeah. mean maybe you need to hang around some different type of people watching different type of things right
2: it's very true you know um i remember i was sitting in our our cafeteria area yankee stadium and i have the new york post open and all you know i'm, I'm sitting there i'm reading it and i see a hand coming, just grab it and I look up and it's Derek Jeter and he goes don't read that anymore they never say anything good about us and and he's I said well so you don't, I said you don't read the paper he goes I stopped reading the paper back in 1996. He said they never said anything good about me so I never read anything and and so it's true and you know today you know we have these mobile devices that are constantly throwing inputs at us right and and you know for a youth audience <clears throat> the input is That we tell ourselves is somebody else is living a better life than me somebody else has more friends than me someone else is better looking than me someone else is right this is what we tell ourselves someone else is more successful going to a better school whatever the whatever it is that that way in which we internalize it is the negative input so you have a choice right either interpret the input better which is very hard to do when you're when you have a mobile you know Casino device in your hand you know or just don't go there and 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 this is what I tell kids you know you have a lot of power and you can flex that power by not engaging in the same thing that all the other kids engage in so you don't have to be on TikTok you don't have to be on Instagram you don't have to be there you choose to be there And therefore, with choice comes consequence. So you have to protect your inputs. That's a great point.
0: Well, you know, it's uh, I think a question that we always ask ourselves is like, are you able to handle the consequences of your action? And most of us don't think that far in advance, especially in our youth age, to think about the the consequences of our actions. And so, um, you know, and Dana, as we uh, as we you know uh, transition here. Oh, we get into
1: the four questions. Hey, Jay- the Jason, I, I, I want to oh, yeah. interrupt this real quick. One more, okay? I, yeah, I want to yeah. ask, I want to ask, Coach, one more thing before we get to that. So, recovery. I know you yeah. got five things listed, but I I want to know more a little bit about recovery because I think is it recovery of your mind as well it, it, and the body.
2: So again, a, a a great question. The other day, I was actually working with with somebody, and I work with a sales team up in Canada, and um. This one gentleman, uh, he's probably about 28 years old. And he says to me, He goes, Coach, I'm having trouble sleeping. He's like, So what should I do? Should I take CBD or what what should I do? And I said, you know what? Let's run through your day. When do you when do you get up? And he tells me when we get up at six. I say, okay. And when do you log on? Like when do you touch a screen and log in? He goes, about eight o'clock. I said, okay, so you're logging in, then you work out at lunchtime, great. And then you're back logged on, right? Staring at the screen, doing the Zoom thing and all that. He says, yeah. I said, and then what happens? He goes, well, then I go and I, you know, I have dinner. And then I said, what do you do after dinner? He says, well, after dinner, I spend time with my wife and my kid, but then they go to sleep and I go downstairs and I game for two to three hours. I said, oh, okay. And then what do you do? He goes, well, then I go up and I go to bed. I said, so you are basically participating in a competitive event right before bed and wondering why you can't sleep, right? So you're going to bed overstimulated from the screen and from the competitive side of the game in which you're playing. I said, but I have one more question. When do you sit in silence? And I said, I'm not talking about meditating or any of that, none of that like when do you just sit and listen to whatever you hear and he says coach i don't know if i've done that in 10 years i said well it's time so he did it and he said you know what i i haven't slept that deep in quite some time wow so again right we're always looking for the new app we're always looking for the new course we're always looking for the new the new the new but what if the old is the actual new right just unplugging like these devices and and competitive gaming like that wasn't around 30 years ago and we're seeing these surges of of anxiety what if anxiety is just you know elevated uh adrenaline spikes which it really is you know that are going on with frequency and that's what's happening so we're we're just constantly underestimating what screens and what the emotional component that goes with these interactive apps and things like that what comes with it and there is a tremendous cost and would
0: you say there's also a free like a higher level of cortisol as well because some of these gaming like you're oh,
2: yeah
0: you or trying to get away or that it's just like pumping cortisol in it, which is the, the, the fear chemical. Right? Yeah, Jason,
2: you know, I remember this as a kid, you know, you guys will probably remember this, like back in when there was Nintendo and, and Super, oh, yeah. Mar- Super Mario and all that, you were just trying to get to that that next level. And I remember this thing spinning with these fireballs on it and it would knock me off the black. <laughs> and I just remember like this feeling to date, I still remember it, it was like a surge of like, like pissed like, off anger. And, and then I had to start over again. And, and I would get so frustrated. And I'm thinking to myself, these kids are, are in that moment feeling like that all the time. And yeah. then they wonder why they can't come down. That's why. So, so the best thing like a parent could do, an athlete could do, a kid could do, we could all do is find these moments of silence that we can put ourselves in and make that a part of the training. Nobody says, like, you know, there's a lot of talk today about mental training and everyone goes right away to meditation. In my years of coaching athletes, do you know I never saw one player meditate? Never. I never saw a player meditate. The closest player I ever saw was a player by the name of Raul Abanez who spent almost 20 years in the big leagues, you know, Kansas City guy, played there a little bit, Um, but, but he would sit before a game. He'd literally lay out on the weight room floor in the back corner with his and just chill. That was the closest I had ever seen to it. But it was his time to just, I said, Raul, what are you doing over there? He says, I'm just watching myself hit today. And he was seeing what he was going to go do out on the field before it actually happened. But it was quiet time. And that is an exercise in itself Or any coach out there or just have your players and have your people sit in silence don't give them anything to do well let's focus on this breath count let's focus on not focusing let's focus on melting into the floor don't do anything just make them sit in silence and half the room will be flipped out because they've never had their sensory you want to make it even more crazy turn the lights off <laughs> and you'll have to shut off their sensory system just a little bit more and you may you know you may have to call a counselor in but, but <laughs> sitting in silence is very difficult for people today
1: hey hey Jason, we wrap up this is going to help me because my wife was mapping out the summer like when school yeah. drove over the summer schedule for my second grader and the preschooler and she was going through because then we'll have a little quiet time at this point we'll have this quiet time he's like I don't want a quiet time. We're we going to have quiet time for And she's yeah. like, well, we'll discuss this. But now I can go back. And say, Hey, I got a I I got proof." Worked with Hall of Famers, baseball players. This is this, and that and he says, quiet time is very important. Yeah. So now he's probably going to want to have more quiet time. This it's is good. It, it's very time true.
2: For- you know, one of my, one of my good friends is Mark to you know, he's our first baseman for a while. And, um, you know, I, I was, I was at his house and his kids came down and he goes, okay, guys, um, you know go upstairs for your personal time and he literally he sent they go to their room not for punishment but they have to do an hour in their room by themselves they have no devices no television but they get an hour to each of them have to go there's three of them they go to their room and they spend time by themselves and and again they're they're young they're probably sub 10 at the time so they didn't have phones They didn't have ipads they didn't have tv so like what the heck does a kid do for an hour a day by himself or herself in a room they have to be quiet and they have to be creative and they have to stimulate themselves in other ways and and whether you're a kid or you whether you're an adolescent or you're an adult we can all benefit from that
0: well, danny it goes back to this i always heard like we're human beings not human doings right yeah. so just just be sometimes and you know we get so caught up in the doing the doing the doing we forget to just be you know so it's uh yeah my son he's four he'll sit in his room for 30 minutes and come out with this wild imaginative story of like dragons yeah. and baseballs and i'm like where did you come up with this and it was like i was just sitting in my room just hanging out for 30. And i was like oh okay because you know yeah quiet time like jim talked about it. He's like i don't want to do it and then he gets out and he's like. Oh, that was, I feel better. Like, see, you just got to sit and be still for a while.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's amazing what happens.
1: Yeah. We got what? coach Dana to go to now. We can just make hey, coach Dana. We just mentioned that name. Okay. Coach. We
2: time. Five time. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we're
0: going to uh, wrap up today with our four questions with 40 athletes. These are quick questions, lightning round. Um, so the first one is this. It. what is the best life lesson sport has taught you?
2: The best life lesson that sport has taught me is that um, it's okay to fail. And and I say that because every night I got to watch players with the highest level of talent in the entire world fail every night. So how often do we spend our time trying not to fail? And we, we say, well, if I'm the best, then I can't fail. But I watch the best fail over and over and over again and remember, you know, success is an average. It's not a, a one-time thing.
0: It goes back to that Michael Jordan quote. He's like, I succe- I failed over a million times. That's why I succeeded. Kind of, yeah. kind of that yep. mentality. Yeah. Uh, number two, if you could spend time with anyone you admire in sports, either passed away or alive still, who would it be and why would you pick him?
2: Hmm. Now that is a tough question for me. Um,
0: I've there's
2: a lot of them but you gotta pick one i gotta pick i gotta pick one i gotta pick one you know um it, it's somebody that i've spent time with so i you know and, and most people don't like spending time with them but uh i always enjoy spending time with reggie jackson mr october yeah, yeah reg, reg is a controversial guy he'll call people out but I've always had a really great connection with him and, and he's always treated me amazing. And, um, and I, I, I just, there's something we have like a connection point. That's, uh, that's very strong. So, what What do
1: you finding? Like, like Reggie Jackson, what do you like talking to him? You know, of course I remember the Reggie bar back in the day. Yeah. But what What do you see in him that made him like just so great, especially in those prime moments?
2: He can care less what anyone thinks number one he's not afraid of offending somebody if he's speaking what he believes and he just has an off the chart self-belief because that's what he needed to do what he did and to perform the way he performed so he's always selling himself on the greatest version of himself and the highest level of himself and he's That's his inputs right And he's always believing it so again some people would say oh he's a narcissist or he's a you know an egomaniac but it's it's just him the way he's training to himself to always see success and him succeeding you know and 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 he he would say something to me he'd say dana like i'd sit on uh, and watch batting practice with him on the show and he'd say you know if they threw it chest high i just had to touch it And it was going out, and he'd say things like, "You know, if I played today, I would probably be the first seven hundred million dollar (laughs) player." And he'd say it just like that, and and I would do what you guys did, right? I'd start to laugh, and he'd look at you like, "What are you you laughing about? What are you laughing at?" Yeah, yeah. But that's the conviction, and it's 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 almost a level of delusion. And I've seen this in very successful businessmen as well. They become so; it's like this delusion that they believe, and they actually overachieve because of it. It's it's a very interesting psychology. Yeah, I'm trying that build
0: well, that myself, Jim. It, you know, it seems like it's working for other people.
1: By,
2: by the way, i was saying you
1: had so many Yankees to choose from, even like Babe Ruth, uh, Lou Gehrig, DiMaggio, Lou Gehrig. I mean, you could go on and on. I'll you know what it in. was?
2: I didn't. I didn't have a connection with those guys because they were a little bit before my time, well, quite a bit of time before my time. But like I, you know, Yogi was great. I I used to put Yogi on the treadmill every day and and get him going. And but um, I don't know. Reggie just had an interesting vibe that I that I really enjoyed. Cool.
1: Well, qu- question number three is: What's the best advice you've ever received from a coach you've worked for, played for, been around?
2: well you know in terms of coaches i you know like my dad was never a coach but he was a teacher and i and i felt like i was coached by him a lot of my my life you know and i still am and he gave me a few words of advice that i that i always remember and it's don't tell me show me that that's one and the other is delayed gratification and and in life it's delayed gratification that takes you you know that that teaches you discipline so today we want everything now and many of us are not willing to go through the full process of work and learning and the ups and downs but it's that delayed gratification i have to remind myself of that a lot because you know i tend to get ahead and i want to move forward and i want to go faster or you know it's like i do my show and i want more people and i want more opportunities and i want and i it's like delayed gratification and remember um don't tell me show me and my father would always say he said listen you don't have to talk because people will talk for you when you get everything going accordingly and i've seen that happen quite a bit not just for me but for a lot of other people as well so it's really those lessons so that th- those are strong coaching lessons for, for me I like yeah, that. I, we- uh, I
0: think. I uh, think Dana's dad is from Missouri because that is the Show Me State.
2: <laughs> is it? <laughs> I didn't even All know right. that.
1: That's Missouri a- is the Show Me State. I was right. too, like so, Dana. We live in that kind of microwave society, right? We want to yeah. pop popcorn within three minutes. But the last question for you is this: is like if you had one character trait or life skill that you could have with somebody, maybe you're hiring or you had a a team and you're bringing an athlete in, what would that one character trait of life skill be? And you can only choose one.
2: Yeah, passion, just passion. Just somebody that loves what they do so much. And they're not necessarily looking for the outcome, but they just love to do what it is that they do. And they just love that they get to do it every day. So for me, passion is is an amazing gift. It's a superpower. I don't believe enough people have it today. I think, you know, we're we're sort of in a, a state of neutrality, many of us, but I believe that you become an outlier when you're passionate about what it is that you do. And I, I, I just think you should only do things you're passionate about. So some people say, I hate working out. I said, that's because you're doing the wrong things. You like to walk? I love to walk. Well, then why aren't you walking, right? So. So if you allow passion to drive you forward and drive your message forward, it puts you in an amazing place and you feel good every day. And, and you don't feel like you have to match up to what everyone is telling you have to match up to. You know, I get people all the time. They tell me, you should do this. You should do that. You should do this. You should, and I say, wait, but, I'm, but this is my life. I enjoy the things that I do. They may not make any sense to you. But i love what i do and and that is all that matters and that's it so passion
0: it. yeah well dana uh thank you for for joining us today uh all the, you, all the stuff you brought to us today man it was just incredible um you know i know you have children's books as well but where can people find what you're doing your books your children's books and your coaching where can they find you
2: yeah so my books are all all on amazon but um but DanaCavalier.com, that's where I have my books. I have my podcast. I have uh, you know, all my other all my other goodies. But I my pride and joy is I write a daily blog. I, I write it real, real time. I don't can it. And it's a 60 to 90 second read that I do every morning. So you can get that on the on the website too. But it's uh it's just touch points. I believe coaches have to give a little touch and a little nudge every day to get people thinking, inspired. And and keeping them moving towards goal, whatever goal is for that for that person. No, I and love you, said, you, you got
1: your website's really nicely done. There's a lot of great information on there. Thank Enough you. Definitely like talking and reading through your stuff. You, uh, I would suggest people to reach out to you, and I can see how you could help an organization moving them in the right direction and building those habits that are they help them to be champions not only in what they're, you know, if they're working somewhere, if they're playing somewhere, but like we always talk about, in and out of a sport or in and out of work, be a champion. In everything they do.
2: Yeah, you got to be a champion. I mean, and the first part of being a champion, I always say, is seeing yourself as one. Well,
0: yep. Well, Dana, yeah. enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, man. Thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to having uh, more conversations with you in the future for sure.
2: Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks, me. Take care. Yeah. God bless. Cool. Okay.
0: Well, Jimmy, you know, uh, about 20 percent of teens right now are experiencing some sort of depression before they reach adulthood. And about uh, seven out of 10 girls don't believe that they're enough and that they're struggling with their own self-confidence. Um, you know, so what Coach Dana just talked about, you know, being a champion, it goes about the inputs that you're putting in your mind. And so, you know, uh, we have 40 athletes. We've developed something to help people do that. So
1: where can we find where
0: can they find more of what we're doing here at 40 Athletes?
1: Yeah, you can go to 40athletes.com and you can go through and see our, you know, programs that uh, you can look through. You can purchase. If you're a team or um, you know you have a, an organization or something, you can always book a call. We can have a discussion about how you can implement your organization. But, you know, Jason, we talked about it, like even recently, we've got communicated uh, a couple of days ago that a young eighth grader ended up uh, committing suicide um, you know, after gr- graduating from the school he was attending. And, It's just like we talk about that seems like the individuals don't have the tools to really be able to understand their thoughts and the emotions they go through and how to navigate their mind in the right way, you know, train their mind for success. And that's what we're, you know, trying to do with, uh, you know, 40 athletes is develop those skill sets to give the tools that they can help them not only, you know, thrive in school or at home or extra. Extracurricular activities, but everything you know that they do. Yeah, you
0: know, just you always wonder too if I, if they're able to understand the importance of stillness, like what Coach Dan just talked about. Maybe they're able to be more aware of their thoughts, and you know, they they maybe you know that's that's part of it too. Is like that's why we believe in teaching at a younger age because their mind is so powerful, and it can go be
1: powerful in either way. So, and we've um, talked about this, Jace. I mean, the stuff that we're teaching. These are things that, you know, the personal development industry which is abilities development industry, they always say kids need this information. Mm-hmm. So we developed it in a very affordable way for kids to get it. And we've talked about it. If we'd had this at 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, whatever it is, it would be, it'd be a game changer for us. Yeah. You know, the way we were able to think back then compared to what we knew, it would change a lot of things, but we didn't have it then, but now we know it and we can be able to hopefully offer it to others. and have other people get it to be able to transform their lives right now. Most definitely. yep. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, you
0: know, it was uh, another great episode with you. Um, you know, coach Dana was great as well today. So um, enjoy your Wednesday. Um, and we will uh, be, be around again for another episode in a couple weeks.
1: Sounds good. Jason. Look forward to it.
0: See ya.